Welcome to the Reaching the World Bible Church podcast. This is Pastor Henry and Ella Looney. Our prayer is that you enjoy the word for today. God is talking, but are we listening? Look at your neighbor and say, are you listening? God is talking to you right now. Amen. See, 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 some of you weren't listening because you didn't respond. Pastor, I heard what you said. No, you heard me, but you weren't really listening if you didn't respond. A listening person or individual not only hears what's said with their ears, but if you're listening, especially if God is speaking, and when you speak the word of God, whether it's going through uh, whatever vessel it's going to, Pastor L, myself, or whoever ministering the word, that's God speaking to you. And I believe God has a word especially for you today. So I'm, again, I'm going to ask you, are you listening today? Amen. You responded. You are. Because God is speaking. And this is the second part of that, and we, we, we focus and made the focus of this. And I, you may remember when I remind you what the focus is, and we said this because I talked about going from point A to point B. Y'all remember that? And I said you could, you remember I said I could go home uh, a lot of different ways. I, I could go home, remember I said I could go down uh, up to 21 and get on uh, 20, I-20, and go to Birmingham, and then come back down 280 to get home. Uh, and and I, could get, I, could get, I could get home that way, but it'd be a lot quicker if I just went right, right, right uh, you know, a mile, a mile and a half or so away from here and just went there. But we focus, so destinations are important, getting to where you need to get. But when you listen to God, it's not just about the destination. Our focus, we said this, God's purpose for us is not just a destination, it's the journey. Look at your name says it's the journey that I'm on, that God can develop me and will develop me if I listen and obey. Again, it's the journey. The word journey means the miles you can travel in one day. Our journey with God refers to how far we travel with him in a day. Are you traveling with God? Are you with him? Is he in you? If you're born again and you're saved, the presence of God is on the inside of you. And thank God, there, there, God has a purpose for all of us. He has a, a destination that he wants us to get to. But God doesn't want us to get to our destination. And you know, for us as Christians, our final destination is gonna, should be what? Heaven. Amen. That, that's where y'all plan on going, aren't you? When you die. You remember me telling that story about the, about the little boy who, 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 in the revival, the, the evangelist? Y'all remember that? How many don't remember that? Raise your hand if you don't remember. Okay, y'all don't, y'all don't smart enough, but I'm going to tell you the story anyway. <laughs> y'all know if any one person raised their hand, I was going to tell the story. So none of you raised their hand. But it was somebody online that raised their hand. You just didn't see them. Amen. And they never heard my story about the little boy that sat on the front wall. How y'all remember that when we used to have revival back in the day? All the 
uh, the unsaved folks, we, we, they say, all you sinners come up and sit on the, what we call it, the mourner's bench, right? That where we come, come and they, they, and they had you come up and sit on the front row. When I, I can remember being seven and eight, mama and said, go on up there and sit. Mama, I don't want to go on up there and sit, boy. And, 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 and you know, and we and we thought that was the thing to do, and you know, uh, to and it probably was to get our children. In, uh, but I remember, uh, you know, coming up there, and the preacher asking asked me. I'll get back to mother's story in a minute. Asking, uh, how, how many want to be saved? And I raised my hand. I raised my hand primarily because I didn't want to come up and sit on that mourners bench anymore next year. It wasn't because I met Jesus. And I loved him, and I wanted to be saved. So I went on up there, and, and I said, and I, and I said, you know, and I, I even, even went through water baptism. We back, back, back in the day when I was, we got baptized in the pool that used to be over at, at Walco. It's not there anymore, but that's where we got baptized. I got, I got, I got baptized in the pool. I can remember my cousin, who, who was in, in, in minister at that time, Stanley Three, baptized me in, in, in the pool there. I, I went in the pool. A, a, a dry center. He dipped me in that water. I came up a wet center because I didn't know Jesus. How I many know you can get baptized in water and just be uh, and bust hell wide open? That water baptism in and of itself doesn't save you. It's a knowledge of you knowing Christ as your personal Savior and you invite him into your heart and you have to do that for yourself. I, I, you know, I've had people that say, I want to be baptized. And, and my first question, are you born again? Are you saved? Yes, our destination is heaven. But what about the journey of life? Have we made him our Savior? Have we made him my Lord? We went over that and said, I'm not going to go back and reteach that. But there are some things that... Uh, I do want to say and just remind you of in, in John 16, verse 13. John 16, verse 13, and this is in the NLT. It says this, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak of his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. How many of you want to know about your futures? When you listen to God and you, because he's speaking to you, God wants to tell you about your future. He wants to tell you about your present. He wants to tell you what you're entitled to. And we ask the question, again, I'm not going to go back. You can go back and listen to it. It'll help you if you didn't hear it before uh, on, 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 on this teaching, uh, on the first part. But we ask the question, how can I be sure it's God talking? Well, we, we made this statement. We talked about Samuel, and, and we went about and Eli and how Samuel was a little boy and, and how he, he was, uh, God spoke to him, and he thought it was Eli calling him, and, and that's in 1 Samuel 3, and uh, you can go back and listen there. But you can know God speaks to you because in Romans eight fourteen he says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. 
If you're saved, if you're born of the Spirit, if, you're, if you've invited Jesus into your heart and you're listening to what he says, you're going to do what he says to do. And you're going to be led by him. You can know you hear him when you're led by him. When you're guided by him. What to do, what not to do. When you... Because God's speaking to you. He wants you to go to the right place. He wants you to meet the right people. He wants you to invest in the right businesses. He wants you to do what he's ordained you to do in his plan that he has for you. But you got to be listening to him. But when you're led or guided by him, you know that you are a child of God. And we said this, that the spirit in Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. And so, and Brother Hagin used to say this, that means the, the spirit of man is the light bulb of the Lord. In other words, God wants to lead and guide you, but if you're in darkness, you're not going to get to where he wants you to get. What do I need to do? I need to come to the light. I like the LED bulbs that we, we placed in here. And, you know, I can remember uh, some a uh, couple of years ago when I changed the, the, all our bulbs out of our restrooms from regular bulbs to LED, LED light, light bulbs. Pastor Ella went, went in there and cut, the, cut it on, and she said, Whoa! <laughs> What, what did you do? I said, I changed the, the, I changed the bulbs. Now we have much more light. She, it took her a little while to get used to seeing herself more clearly. I, I could be mean, but I'm not going to be mean because I'm smarter than that. When you see yourself you, more clearly because you have more light, you see all of the things that you used to didn't see when it was some darkness there that you may need to want to adjust or correct or do a little difference. Now, Brother Hagin said this. I didn't say this, ladies, okay? Brother Hagin said this, okay? My father in the ministry, he said this. He was talking, he said for, to, to the ladies, he said, ladies, even an old barn looks better with a little paint on it. Amen. Some of y'all getting that right now. Even an old barn. And I, I'm not calling anyone an old barn. I wouldn't dare do that. Do that. Brother Hagin said that. And, and Pastor Ella laughed a lot about it, but she didn't want me to say it. Amen. I, and, and I ain't going to say nothing else about it either, so you don't you go tell I was talking about it. Amen. But you know, Pastor, what are you getting to? Hooking up with where we left off last time. God is talking, but are we listening? There's some things that we must do, and it'll help you, I said, said, to go back and listen to that first part of teaching. But I'm hooking up right now where I left off the last time. One of the main things that we need to do to where we'll know we are listening. What is that, preacher? We need to, at times, get along with God. Get along with God. Get by yourself with him. Uh, 
block out all the stuff because there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the world that can distract you and that can cause you uh, not to be able to hear the voice of God. But you and I have to set aside time to wait in his presence and allow him to speak to us. How many know he's speaking? But if I'm hearing all the world and everybody else's opinion and what I think, if my body's talking to me, I mean, when you're hungry, some of you in a few minutes, your body's already started talking to you because you've skipped breakfast and, you, and your stomach is telling you, I'm hungry, I want to go. I hope that preacher hurry up and preach because I want some lunch. Amen. Your body's talking, and, and so you got to disregard. See, your body's talking, there's a lot of voices. The Bible says there's many voices in the world, none without significance. But we need to know the voice of God. Don't allow other distractions to distract you from when God talks to you. It's when we are quiet before the Lord that we can hear from him the most clearly. Look at neighbor and say, you need to get, get quiet and listen to the voice of the Lord. Example, 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19. I like this example, and I'm going to read it to you. Starting at verse 11, read it, just three verses here. 1 Kings, verse 19. We get there, say amen. It'll be on the screen. It's on the screen already. But it, it says this, and he said, go forth and stand upon a mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break it in pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Verse 13 says, and it was so when Elijah, that's who we're talking about, heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went up and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, what do, dost thou hear, Elijah? God told Elijah to stand before him on the mountain. And as we just read, that great wind began to blow. But the Lord's voice wasn't in the great wind. Most folks would have started church right then and called it the great mighty wind church. But God wasn't in the wind. Now, God had been in wind before a different time, but he wasn't this time. God doesn't do the same thing the same way every time. You need to write that down. That's confused a lot of people. One thing happened one time, and God did a certain thing a certain way, and they thought that's the way God would always do it. He won't do that in your life or my life. That's the reason we have to hear and, and listen to the voice of the Lord. The Lord's voice was not in the wind. Then an earthquake shook the mountain, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Some folks would start the, the, the great mighty shaking church. But God wasn't in the earthquake. Next the fire began and a blaze and roar but God's voice was not in the fire. 
And at last, Elijah heard that still, small voice, the voice of the Lord speaking to him. So many times in this fast-paced world that we live in, uh, we just don't get quiet enough to hear God's voice because there's so much going on. All of you, all of us, have a lot of things going on in our families, in our homes, on our jobs, in, in, in uh, situations, wherever we are, in our neighborhoods. I mean, a lot of us get involved watching television, watching the news, and we get involved in other folks' stuff around the world that we don't even know. And our spirit is, is just not quiet enough. To hear that still, small voice of God speaking. But a lot of times, that's how he'll speak. Just like he spoke to Elijah here. One of the problems is, church, listen to me. Is a lot of times, we just don't spend enough time communing with the Lord to be able to hear him. Communing with the Lord does not mean that we pray this. Okay, God, I need an answer to this situation. And I need you to respond right now. I give you two days. And in the two days, if God hadn't said something to you, you said, well, I feel like we need to do this, God. And you go about doing it, and you get started, and then it don't work out, and you wonder why. Because that wasn't God. That was you. How can I know when it's not just me? When God gives you something, there's going to come a peace that goes beyond all natural understanding. But a lot of times it's not going to come in an hour or a day or sometimes in a week, sometimes in a month, sometimes in a year. I prayed about things for years sometimes. And then when I wasn't even thinking about them, the answer comes. Revelation comes. What should I be doing? Don't I need to get in my prayer closet and, 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 and wait on God and, 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 uh, and, and, and cause and get along with him like you said? No. And we'll get to this in just a minute. But wait, what waiting on God is. Waiting on God is not getting in your prayer closet, although sometimes it's good to do that. Waiting on God is serving him. Is doing what he tells you to do. Is being busy about God's business. You know, one of the things that I found out that goes along with this that I have to do from time to time, and we said it already, but I want to emphasize it here, is just to be quiet and listen. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to all of us now. We just need to get quiet and listen. Get quiet and listen to what, what God is saying. And a lot of times when there's hard times going on and things are uncomfortable, if you're transitioning from one thing to another, you don't know what step to take and, and, and you're doing your very best to be led by, by God, you need to quiet your spirit down. You need to get away from all the stuff of the, of the world and get quiet. That doesn't mean that you get in the closet. That means that you 
focus on God and the things of God, his word, and get quiet. Elijah was a great prophet. But when Jezebel came and she was killing the, the, the prophets, Elijah started crying and got and got and just 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 got ran and 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 told God, I'm the only one left. God said, No, I got folks all over. That's Henry's uh, translation. No, you're not the only one left. What had, had happened with Elijah? What needs to happen with us a lot of times? Elijah had to stop crying and notice this and stop complaining. Look at your name and say, we need to stop complaining so much. We need to stop crying about everything that didn't go right. I know that's hard to say because that's somebody else, Pastor. That's not me. No, if you're complaining about uh, who's in office, who's not in office, uh, what, 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 what they did or what, they, what your neighbor did or what, what your children should have done and your spouse should have done and you're complaining and griping and crying about it all the time, your spirit man is not at peace. You're not at rest and you're not hearing from God as clearly as you should. Elijah had to stop crying and complaining. So do we. How do you know that? He had to stop doing that so he find out what God wanted him to do. And so do we. We see in Psalms 46, verse 10. Psalms 46, verse 10. He said this. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. And I will be exalted on the earth. A lot of times we think we got to promote ourselves. The word God says promotion comes from God. God is waiting for us to be quiet and listen to him. Then he will show us our next steps and our purpose for what he's called us to do. Now, what do I need to do now? And we've already referenced it. Waiting on the Lord. How do I wait on the Lord? And a lot of Christians have gotten confused. They think waiting on the Lord is sitting down and not doing anything and just praying to God. Yes, we need to pray to God. We need to fellowship with him. We need to spend time in his presence. But waiting on God is like what a waiter or a waitress does with us in a good restaurant. They serve us. They minister to us. We're waiting on God right now, hearing the word. Waiting on God is doing what he called us to do. Waiting on God shows us how much time we've been spending with God. David, David mastered the art of waiting on God. He referred to it numerous times in the Bible. He said, and I'll give you just a couple of scriptures, and I'll look at them in a couple of translations before we leave. In Psalms 27, verse 14, Psalms 27, verse 14, he said this, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. What does that mean? I like the way the Amplified amplifies the King James out. The Amplified is not a translation. It's an ampli amplification. It says on this same verse, Psalms 27, 14, wait for 
and confidently expect the Lord. Are you expecting the Lord to do something for you? Are you expecting him to do something good for you? When you wait, you ought to wait, be waiting expectantly in faith. In Bible hope. Bible hope is earnest, intense expectation. That is what one, what, one of the greatest examples I've ever seen for that is, is from a lady that's impregnated. I remember when Pastor Ella got pregnant with Christopher. She was waiting on him. Before she even got pregnant, she was waiting. Before she got pregnant, she had a baby drawer. And she bought baby things, bottles and diapers and things, and she put them in there. She was earnestly, intensely expecting him to come. What do you call a lady that, that's pregnant? She's expecting. What do you call a Christian who's listening to God and know who they are they are in God? in God and are waiting on him. We're expecting, confidently, expecting the Lord. It says in verse, in Amplified of 27, 14 of Psalms, be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. But I like that verse, but I like another verse in Psalms 37, uh, 34 in the King James. It says this, wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see him. I love that. But I like what the Amplified, Amplifies those words out to say. It says this, wait for and expect the Lord. And what? And keep his way. I need to walk in the way that he tells me to walk. I need to go where he tells me to go. Why? And what? And what do you do? And he will exalt you. Who? You got to exalt yourself. You got to talk up for yourself. You got to let people know how you feel. No, you don't. When you're waiting on God, God will raise you up. He will exalt you to inherit the land. How many looking for some inheritances? And he said, no, it might not happen immediately, but in the end, when the wicked are cut off, you're going to see it. You're going to have it in your hand. Waiting on a God, on God is trusting him to do what he said he was going to do. I'm listening to what he says to me, and I'm doing what he tells me to do, and I'm responding to that. God's word will work for anyone that allows him to work the word in, their, in our lives. And as I come to a conclusion... It's so important for us to be steady and know the word of God. On this journey, it's not just about getting to your destination. Heaven is our home. Heaven is our goal. But on this journey, God is speaking to us to do certain things, to develop us and grow us in faith, grow us in our Strength, grow us in our joy, but I need to be steady. How can I be steady? Don't quit. Don't give up. Find out what your purpose is. How do you do that? 
by getting in a word and hearing God. Even when you can't see the next step, a lot of folks say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Stay in faith. If you already knew what to do, you wouldn't need God. How many of us don't need God? I need God on every step. I need him on every hand. I need to listen to what he has to say to me. I'm listening with listening ears and open hearts. We must have faith that God will bring us through. And you know what? God would never let us down. How you know? He told us he wouldn't. He told us in all through the word. He told us in Psalms 46, 10. Psalms 46, 10. He said, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. God is waiting for us to be quiet and listen to him. Then he will show us our purpose. But he also told us in Philippians 4, 6, he said, be careful for nothing. The Amplified class says, don't worry. Don't have any anxiety about anything. He says in, in the King James here, be careful for nothing. Don't worry. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. When you listen to God, he's talking to you. He'll help you. He'll show you. You don't have to worry about anything when God's with you. Look at his name and say, I know he's talking to me and you right now. I'm not going to worry about my next step. I'm going to hear God and follow his direction. One day Jesus saw two brothers, Peter and Andrew, fishing. And he called out to them. He told them, as I conclude, he said, come, Matthew 4, 19, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. God will show you whatever you need to do. As believers, we ought to be fishermen of men, but we got to know that God's speaking to us. We got to be quiet and listen. We got to get along with God. We got to wait on him, serve him, and then do what he tells us to do. We got to stop crying and complaining about everybody else and about all the situations, about what I don't have. It's because I'm this race. It's because I don't have this education. It's because I don't have this. And, and you're complaining, and folks are complaining about all the things they don't have and not looking at who they do have. Well, you know Jesus. The world even says it, but they say it wrong. It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. 
That's not true in worldly situations. It can be to a certain degree because it matters. But it's absolutely true when you're a child of God, when you know Jesus, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. When I, when, when I have Jesus on my side, don't make any difference who's against me. It doesn't make any difference what's against me. When I have Jesus on my side, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When I have Jesus on my side, greater is he that's in me than he is in the world. When I have Jesus on my side, all things are possible to us who listen, hear, believe, and obey. Amen. Thank God for those of you at home. Thank God for the E-Church. First step to uh, getting totally free is making Jesus the Lord of our life. And we do that simply. And I'm going to ask everyone under the sound of my voice and those of you at, at home right now to pray this prayer with me as I pray it. And just say this. It's so easy. But we have to do it. To make Jesus the Lord of our life. Say this after me. Father God, I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that you paid the price so that I could have life and life more abundantly. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins and cleansing me of all unrighteousness. I'm saved. I'm free. No more guilt. No more shame. I have liberty. In Jesus' name, amen. Those of you at home, if you just prayed that for the first time, you just started a brand new walk with God, all of us, we turned some stuff loose in here. You've been freed of some things. Three mini books on the screen right now, a QR code. You can scan that QR code. It'll take you to a video where I'm teaching and preaching on, on uh what, well, I'm just, well, I'm telling you what it is to, to be a part of the family of God. And if you want to be a part of Recent World Bible Church, and that's the next step God says, we need to acknowledge him. Just like you all did when you stood up, you acknowledged, I need God. I need the presence of God. And when you acknowledge that, he comes right in. The Bible says he stands at the door and knocks. All we have to do is open the door and let him in. And he came in. And he set us. You're freer now than you were when you came in. You sense that? We sing that song sometimes about, about uh, no more bondage, about chains being broken. Some chains got broken from you. You got, re you got released. You're free. Who the Son is set free is free indeed. Amen.